Hello everyone out there listening to this episode of Phantomological. This is Z, the uh, show's editor. I'm just coming here before the show to let you know that there were some audio uh, ticks that I wasn't able to get rid of. So um, G's track may sound like it's underwater at points, I assure you. It is not. Uh, nonetheless, I apologize for the uh, the dip in quality this episode. There's also something uh, kind of weird that happens at around uh, the hour and uh, five minutes mark that I just uh, wasn't able to fix either. So anyway, nonetheless, thank you very much for listening to the show. And uh, hopefully these little uh, ticks in the audio don't get in the way of you enjoying this episode of the show. Live from the NixCast Phanthropological Institute, we're talking about Transformers fans. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast that brings the fan's eye view to you. I'm Nick G, and I hope you all listening out there are enjoying your sunny, sunny day because we have not had one in many weeks. <laughs> it's just that it's 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 not that like flash rain that like drenches everyone and then moves on. It's just kind of a slow, sad drizzle, slowly drooping everyone's head and neck neck down closer to the ground to contemplate spring mm-hmm. that's why they call it spring right it gets so you gets you so down that uh, you're encouraged to spring into all sorts of different things and to spring about okay i mean that's what small business advertising on street signs would lead me to believe anyway with its uh you know spring into safety spring into a new car spring into savings into savings yeah of course I mean, that's going to brighten your day for sure, right? Going into a bank, talking to a banker about savings. Being alone at the top of the show is much easier with a second person. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking about fans of Transformers, and here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick Z. Hello, I am most certainly not Optimus Prime. And Nick T. Uh, I was going to say I'm a level 10 Warforged to kind of keep the theme going. But I feel like I should be saying Dino, but no, wait, Wilds Benator Terrorize! Oh, awesome. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. That was quite well done. Oh, thank you. I think that's Scott McNeil. I'm not sure. Oh, man. He was just in everything. Scott McNeil always turns up somewhere. <laughs> I mean, if it was in the that's 90s, some, that's, yeah. That's some range from Scott McNeil. Mm-hmm. He usually does deep voice characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're probably, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. He was Piccolo at one point. Man. He was Dinobot, I think, as well. Whatever. I don't know, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm not good at... I don't... I'm surprisingly bad at naming voices. I'm good, but hasn't gotten me anywhere. <laughs> How's your week been, gentlemen? Well... I mean, aside from miserable geez, and rainy. Geez. Yeah. It's <laughs> bringing everybody down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seen me uh, return to fairy tale. Finally getting back to that, realizing that uh, I had watched way more of it than I had remembered. <laughs> but then again, there is a lot of it to be seen, so there you go. Did you look at how many episodes there had been? You'd be like, I, there's no way I watched that much. Yeah, I kind of was, actually. Doesn't seem right. I think I'm, was it... I'm somewhere around episode 250 right now, and I thought for sure I was maybe around 190. Was it last year that you were watching or reading the summaries of as much as you could for I was, a panel? yes. Yeah, you. I believe you had signed up for Fairytale panel. Yep. Well, there was a good portion of the series you had not seen. Yes. I uh, I I got out of that uh, that bucket of syrup all right though. That's good. I'm, I was about to say I'm not I'm not touching that. So, uh, <laughs> how about how about you, G? I'm, I'm not touching that bucket. <laughs> also finished uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. Go see Thirteen. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Well, I mean, you might want to wait for it to be sunnier, but uh, go check out 13 Reasons Why if you haven't already. It's a good series. Oh, it's heavy. I'm trying to... Oh. I'm trying to... Trying to <laughs> I watched one episode of Attack on Titan. Oh, man. I turned it off because it was too much of a bummer. Yeah. I don't want to do too many heavy shows at the moment, which is why getting caught up with My Hero Academia has been great. Oh, yeah? It's a really fun show. It's like anime X-Men. Oh, cool. Hey. Except a majority of the population has has powers. Mm. Oh, that's different. It's like 80, 80%. But it's like 
getting into a, a superhero agency is a common thing when you start you apprentice as a sidekick you know and you go through the the hero course at at a special high school and mm-hmm. and so on guess what they're having their sports festival yeah. who saw that coming <laughs> i mean it's still a high school drama right <laughs> yes sounds like it would have to be and this is a shown anime it's just just a bunch of fun mm-hmm. and if it goes long i'm in on the ground floor yeah mm-hmm. No One Piece situation here. <laughs> or fairy tale. <laughs> well, you've, you know, you choose your own destiny. Yep. Yep. How about yourself, T? Uh, I've been mostly keeping to two things. I've been catching up on a lot of manga, mm-hmm. um, which I'll talk about in a second. But I want to start with talking about watching Konosuba, which is Konosekai wa Suburashi. Like, this is a wonderful world or something. It's about a guy mm. who dies. Basically of embarrassment. He has a heart attack when he thinks he's about to be hit by a car, when he thinks he's saving a girl, but he's saving a girl from a tractor. Hmm. Dying of embarrassment is like the most Japanese premise for a series I can think of. <laughs> anyway, so he dies and this goddess is like, hey, I can either um, let you have this blissful life or you can come to this world, get glory, and it's like an RPG. And he's like, oh, hmm. I guess I'll do that. I guess the glory, please. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of like life in an RPG in a mundane way, but in a different way from is it wrong to pick out girls <laughs> in a dungeon or in a different way from Log Horizon where everyone's trapped in a game because he's not really trapped in a game. He's in a real world that just operates like a game. It's like an afterworld that's like a game, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Hasn't really gotten to the plot. It's just kind of fun and light and good. The other thing, I've been reading a manga called Real Account, which is basically like Battle Royale, but with social media. Wait, what? (laughs) Okay. The premise is, these people are all on a social network called Real Account. For some (laughs) reason, everyone gets sucked into the social network. Don't ask me what the heck that means. Um, And no one can find a way out. The Real Account people are like, oh man, um, we, we don't know what's going on. Our servers have been hijacked. And the people in the game are subjected to do a series of games that are often life or death. There's all these different, like, death games, and they have to, like, puzzle it out and stuff. But then it's also about figuring out why any of this is happening. And, you know, if you have zero followers in the game, then you die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to be any good, but I'm on the sixth volume, and it's 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 interesting. Ow. I hope it doesn't go on that too much longer, because it seems like the plot is coming to a conclusion but it could be the end of an arc for all i know sometimes there's only a finite amount of story yeah that's fine i'm okay with that yeah it reminds me of that episode of community where they had an app where everyone rated everyone else's popularity or something and it devolved into like brave new world (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah somebody like meow meow beans yeah yeah um, also, shout out to a game that we all played on the weekend, Roll for the Galaxy, which was a ton of fun. Yeah. I would take that over Race for the Galaxy, no, <laughs> like hands down. Any Race for the Galaxy fans, start rolling. Yeah. <laughs> if you're playing Roll for the Galaxy, you can put your hand down, because there are no cards. Oof. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to say maybe it's time to transform and roll out. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Saving that. I've wasted it, but I was saving that. That's okay. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's kind of ease us into this week's episode on Transformers fans. I was thinking we could look back on last week's famous last words. All right, let's do it. All right, Z. Yep. I don't know why you're always the first person. I think it's because I asked you first last time. I'll maybe correct that this time. <laughs> you had said, yes. why did Orson Welles agree to be in the Transformers movie? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you came up with an answer I... to that, and I don't know if you want to bring that up now. Um, I did, and I, I don't mind talking a little bit about it right now, as is the case with, uh, with many a lawyer or, uh, investigator over the, over the ages. It's very difficult to pin down somebody's motivation, somebody's intent in doing something. So I can't say why Orson Welles took that job. Maybe it was just for a paycheck. Who knows? But by, uh, doing a little bit of digging, I did find one quote in which he seems to just write the whole thing off and says, oh, today I, I worked on this children's cartoon show about these toys and it's all a bunch of bad space stuff. Um, but then <laughs> I found a Reddit AMA. Orson Welles did an AMA? 
from beyond the grave. It actually wasn't Orson Welles, but it was his good friend and colleague, Peter Bogdanovich, director, writer, film critic, and so on. You can check out the show notes. The title of the AMA has all of his... uh, all of his various hats, his various jobs listed. And in answering a person's question exactly about whether or not Orson Welles was bitter about playing a role, playing a Unicron in the Transformers movie in the, in the 80s, Peter Bogdanovich said he wasn't bitter. Orson Welles was never bitter, but he could be very acerbic and cutting. And that's potentially what it was in that quote about it being a stupid cartoon based on toys. And I find some corroborating evidence for that in the Transformers Wiki article about Orson Welles, where I got that quote from, but where I also learned that there is a a note on the script dated August 11th, 1985, um, I want to say allegedly written onto the script by Orson Welles himself, wherein he added some extra dialogue and he compares it to, or at least the role or the movie, not, not totally clear, but he compares some element of it to Lear, his 1953 live television performance of King Lear. So my guess is that Orson Welles was just kind of caught in a bad mood or a bad moment when he, you know, dismissed the show as some stupid garbage based on a toy, and that he, at the very least, took the role very seriously, even if he didn't really enjoy it. From the the Wikipedia article on the Transformers movie, there Mm -hmm. is also a note um, from director Nelson Shin saying that Wells had been pleased to accept the role after reading the script and had expressed an admiration for animated film. So maybe he's just a bit of a curmudgeon. I think so. I mean, it was his last role. So he was getting up there and he had done a lot of stuff. It is his enduring legacy. Yes. And I guess Citizen Kane or something, but <laughs> some movie about a guy who wants a sled. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, I'm captivated. It's not going right, to go yeah. anywhere. So, so <laughs> Z, Z's uh, famous last words, not not super deliberating, not super no. incriminating. I don't know what the word no. is. Embarrassing. Not super embarrassing. No, got to try harder this time. I mean, <laughs> I don't even remember what next week's topic is. We'll get to that. Oh. G, yours was, why was Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid included in the movie? Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> well, let me take you back a bit. Mm-hmm. Let's say... Uh, 13-year-old G. And I was talking to my friend Justin, who you guys know, Yep. Uh, about Transformers, or possibly specifically about Transformers movie. He brought it up. And I, like, I didn't know much about it, but I knew from being a fan of Weird Al at the time that Dare to be Stupid was in the movie. And so I asked him, I'm like, how, like, how does that, like, fit in the movie? And then his response was, because they were being stupid. Uh, and after having watched that uh i have to agree i can't i have no idea why this this (laughs) song is in the movie it didn't i thought maybe maybe they only used like the instrumental part because it's it's, i can see it fitting but it's just like they just played the song yeah yeah i I don't know why (laughs) i tried to look up like what the connection was and they were like, oh, it uses pop culture references like the um, the Junkions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Junkions use as well? I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. It didn't. If you read the same thing that I read, the best part was the other supposed answer as to why that was. Mm-hmm. So I read in the Transformers Wiki article on Dare to be Stupid. It has its own page. Shock. <laughs> Later on down the page, it says, Reportedly, it was included in the movie soundtrack because Scotty Bros Records decided to promote acts on their label heavily, and Al, always popular with the kids, was one of the biggest. As Al himself tells it, he just got a phone call one day and said, Okay, and that was basically the last he heard about it. <laughs> Save the royalty checks. Ah. I, did, I did see that the soundtrack was on Scotty Brothers. I'm like, okay, there's a connection there. But, like, it didn't, didn't make any sense. One of the very, very, very few non-parody singles by weird al yeah sound mm. styles it was yeah it was a, it was a diva yeah <laughs> uh great song yeah i'd say it still holds up oh yeah <laughs> the best thing i got out of it was uh finding out that eric idol was also in the transformers movie really yes he is he's one yep. of the junkie ants. 
Oh man, yeah. I gotta rewatch this movie. Uh, sure. <laughs> I guess the answer is the soundtrack was on the same label that Weird Al was on, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it doesn't doesn't really fit, in my opinion. But uh, there you are. Moral of the story: create stuff, and maybe somebody will put it into something where it doesn't fit, but is popular anyway. Uh, there's a song I was listening to on Spotify, which was basically like, "Hey, use this song for yeah. anything. Use it in your commercial." <laughs> I know it's a catchy song, and it was, yeah. but it's just like, "Just use it. I need money. I gotta pay the rent." Stock music. <laughs> All right, T. My famous last words from last week were, "Who is the primary demographic supposed to be?" It's still going. Like Transformers is still going. I can only assume it's thirty somethings. I did not get a satisfactory answer to that. I did find an interesting article on Screen Crush mm-hmm. talking about the meaning of the Transformers franchise, specifically referring to the movies. And it talked about how there are some movies like the Lego movie that are ostensibly made to be enjoyed by children and adults mm-hmm. because it doesn't talk down to you. It kind of appeals to the inner child of you, but it doesn't talk down to you. Yeah. And then it had this really fun quote, which is, Michael Bay takes a weird reverse approach with the Transformers films. The primary target audience for these films is adults, but Bay is talking down to them as if they were children, and the humor in the subject matter is exceedingly regressive. And then it went on to talk about like how it's a very kind of childish thing. So that was interesting, but didn't really answer my question. <laughs> so I have no idea. I will stand by my words, though. I'm still not sure who they are, who the important audience is. We've gone a long while without explaining what any of Transformers is. Hey, man, the questions create questions. That's true. Yep. And they create answers, but not the answers we're looking for. That's that's true. But it sounds like after this appetizer of question, it's time to uh, dig into something a little bit meatier, perhaps, like fandom facts. Fandom facts. I've got some fandom facts for us this week. We're talking about all the stuff we try to dig into, you know, give a quick overview of the thing, in this case, Transformers. So Origins, um, this is actually a bit dizzying. There's a lot of different origins of Transformers. (laughs) Uh, That was one of the things that that kept coming up. Yeah. Which is like there's many different versions of many different things from many different time periods. (sighs) Yeah. All of the franchises are focused on a race of transforming sentient beings with one faction, the Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, and their struggle against the Decepticons, led by Megatron. The reasons for the clash differ from series to series. There are at least six different universes. Wow. (laughs) There's Generation 1, often known as G1, which uh, consists of the cartoon from 1984-1987, along with, I think, a comic book series. There's the Robots in Disguise TV series from 2001 to 2002, which I think is supposed to bridge the gap between G1 and, like, Beast Wars, which happened mm-hmm. in the late 90s, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is technically a spinoff. I'm not... I don't know, man. I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, there's the Unicron trilogy, which was three series from 2002 to 2006, which was Armada, Energon, and Cybertron. There are the live-action films from 2007 to the present. I don't mm-hmm. think they have any plans of stopping. <laughs> Transformers Animated, which was 2007 to 2009. Transformers Prime from 2010 to 2013. That is a lot of just origins. I don't usually spend nearly as much time talking about the thing. (laughs) It's just like it started in this year. Done. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Doctor Who, which has many iterations, really has only two kind of universes, but they share the same canon. So like, it's, it's much simpler than this. Um, fandom origins. Fandom for Transformers started pretty early, starting with the letters pages in the G1 comics uh, that were released by Marvel. There mm-hmm. was a group called the Secret Transformer Autobot Rescue Squad, or STARS, <laughs> fan club. Uh, <laughs> I knew with those words that it was leading to an acronym. Yeah, of course. Uh, but interaction between fans was still quite limited. Unofficial fan clubs started as early as 1986, like the Trans Masters Club. Uh, this club was officially recognized by Hasbro in 1991, which then kickstarted the idea of using the Transformers likeness for use in not-for-profit purposes. Yeah. I would like to go into more detail, but there's so much history. Um, there's like a bunch of stuff on message words and contentiousness of the discussions and trolling. But the one thing I wanted to mention, because we're a podcast, is that Radio Free Cybertron, 
It was the first Transformers podcast in 1999, and quite possibly one of the first podcasts oh, wow. ever. 1999! Yeah! Oh my goodness. Were iPods a thing? No, it predates no. the term podcasting. Oh, man. Wow. Names for Transformers fans include trans fans, which I am imagining is falling out of favor now. I have to think so. Well, uh, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about it when we get to fans of the week. Yeah. And Transformers fans. Mm-hmm. As for when the fandom was most active, probably the early 2000s to now, which is referred to as kind of the Big Bang. There was like a nostalgia boom mm-hmm. when the movies came out, and that's been a huge factor in drawing people back into the fandom. The size of the fandom is, as usual, really hard to estimate. I had the bright idea to think of conventions as an abstraction of how large the fandom is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, BotCon, which is supposedly the largest Transformers convention and was the only officially licensed one, had attendance between 3,000 and 4,000. TFCon, which is actually one that takes place here in Ontario, has attendance around 2,500. So if there's like a a funnel of fans and the most active ones are the ones willing to go out to conventions. We have like a lower bound mm-hmm. on the fandom of like 3,000, 2,500 people. Where does the fandom live? There's a couple different places. It looks like there's two sites, Transformers World 2005, tfw2005.com, and Cybertron, spelled S-E-I-B-E-R-Tron. Mm-hmm. As for fanfics, which I th- I'm having a lot of fun doing that <laughs> research. Uh, I'm not going to have you guess because they're, they're smaller numbers this time. And there's other stuff I want to get to. Ooh. Archive of Everone has 20,000 fanfics over all media. Hmm. Okay. Fanfiction.net has 1,600 for Transformers slash Beast Wars and about 930 for the movies. So not, not a lot. No, it is interesting, though, that um, I mean, I can understand it being separated between Transformers and Beast Wars. It's interesting that the movie is yet another category of Transformers fanfic. I mean, it's just one of the umpteen universes of <laughs> the Transformers fandom. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I did read a lot about it that did make it sound like it was viewed as something quite distinct from the rest of it by the fans. Just like I'd be curious to know when, whenever we get to it, mm-hmm. like longtime Marvel Comics fans versus fans of the uh, MCU. Oh, that'd be interesting. Man, oh man. Well, the one thing I was wondering while doing all the research this week is the same thing I wonder every week, which is, why? Why? I have some strong words, which I will save until I hear some other Mm. words from (laughs) other people and their (laughs) words. But I I, I was really trying to figure out what it is about Transformers that has had it endure these 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I I would posit is it hasn't stopped being around since it started. Like you listed off Phantom Facts, all the iterations that it's had, it hasn't really stopped having iterations, mm-hmm. let alone a movie every couple of years and <laughs> a permanent presence on the toy store shelf. Yes, I think that's really important. Oh, yeah. It is hard not to talk about Transformers and not talk about the toys. <laughs> Definitely. Because the show doesn't make sense unless <laughs> you realize that it's like because of a toy, because... A robot being able to turn into a car, I don't know. I don't find that inherently interesting. But as a toy, it's like, it's a cool little machine. Yeah. But, um, you know, I run across people who are like, just really like the toys and like displaying them and like the like, you know, the really deluxe stuff. There was a big thread on, um, was it TF2005? Is that the name of the? Yep. TF2005. The board? TFW2005. About like, how open are you? in your Transformers uh, fandom or zeal for Transformers. And, and like, a lot, a lot of people were, were talking about, like, their desk at work is, like, full of Transformers. <laughs> like, a lot of people specifically were talking about at work and have little little display cases in their home. Wow. And, uh, you know, T-shirts and, and whatnot. Because, I mean, makes things is having, having those toys and, like, arranging them. Some people have, like, multiple versions so they can do you can do, like, a little snapshot of them transforming across the shelf they're ubiquitous yeah but are they ubiquitous because everyone is a fan of them yeah it goes around in circles (laughs) that's a similar problem to the one that i encountered in my own research where uh it seemed like there were quite a few reasons to sort of be pulled into transformers fandom an article i read actually is probably uh the best source to go to to sum up my uh part of my thoughts anyway So this is from an article entitled, How Transformers Have Sex. 
I'm intrigued. Okay, I won't. I won't throw the spoiler warning in then. Okay, you're intrigued. No spoilers for me. I already read the entire. Thing. <laughs> Essentially, Transformers is a buffet, and fans commonly pick and choose only those aspects that appeal to them. I would go one step more specific and say that because, according to fan lore, the fandom generally tends to be more curative, so to speak, of the the lore the canon and that kind of thing than transformative uh-huh. that is they're more about discussing and organizing and cataloging the different stories and characters and and arcs and items and events and that sort of thing than writing fanfic or making fan art about it that though there is there is some yeah as we found out in fandom facts but because there's more of an emphasis on on discussion of canon it seems like once you're introduced to transformers anyway and then that spark catches uh, and you become a fan <laughs> the reason why you'd stick around is because there's just so much to untangle there are a bunch of different factions in the different universes there are a bunch of different universes so it's like you pick a universe maybe you pick a faction maybe you even just pick a character and then you're just working away at trying to figure out the who what when where why of that thing and then i'm sure that some fans have tried to put all of the universes together into one like big megaverse to try to figure out how they could possibly all fit together because it seems it seems actually i saw a few parallels between um this fandom and what i know of the legend of zelda fandom specifically in regards to the timeline because i'm sure that there are some transformers fans that have uh tried to put everything onto a single coherent timeline like legend of zelda fans have tried to do for a long time each transformers series is the first series <laughs> but discussion of what is canon in in Transformers is not a small one. No. As Steve mentioned there's many different origins and one of the things that got pointed out is the is like the repetition inherent in Transformers. Yeah. Like a lot of the same stories or similar stories are being told in different like in, mm-hmm. in comics and in, in various TV series and movies and so on. Yeah. So there's a lot of different threads to follow. My understanding is there's not really a way to reconcile everything. No, I mean... Kind of have to pick what yeah. you know, what particularly uh, sparks your fancy. Yeah. Briefly to interject, I decided on a whim yeah. to look up Universal, Universal Transformers timeline. And surprise, the Transformers wiki has a, quote, timeline. But it's really a flowchart, and many of the universes just don't align whatsoever. They do not have any connections hmm. between them. <laughs> Interesting. A bunch of them have a lot of connections between them, but there are probably as many as I had mentioned that don't connect to anything. Hmm. Yeah, there's Interesting. there's too many. <laughs> what I find interesting about that, the multiplicity of universes and of stories and series and all that stuff within the Transformers, more so the property than, than the fandom, is that it, it looked like that just that split happened from the beginning because... Originally, apparently, Hasbro had hired this one person, Bob Budiansky, or at least commissioned him, to uh, come up with a backstory for these toys because the toys were starting to get popular. And, you know, it was the 80s. Uh, cartoons could still be 20-minute commercials for toys. So uh, they had commissioned him to come up with a backstory for them. But apparently, when the TV series actually came along, everything that he had set up was sort of not necessarily flipped on its head or anything like that, but it was just different enough from what, uh, what Budiansky had put forth that there was already a rift between sort of the two canons, so to speak. Oh, wow. Yeah. So from the very beginning, things were just splitting off. Cause I mean, if you're, if you're talking about robots that transform into cars, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere with that. Oh yeah. Uh, Like the idea is the only constant thing. Yeah. And pretty much Optimus Prime, I think. And yeah. Megatron, but yeah. 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 Z said it best when I'd asked him, when I asked somebody to answer the question for me. <laughs> um, but when he was talking about that article on sex with Transformers. <laughs> sex between Transformers. But didn't elaborate on that, which is the part <laughs> I was intrigued by. But that's maybe for the better. It definitely seems like a, a highly curative fandom. Yeah. I couldn't get any demographics on the like gender divide or or any other particular Mm -hmm. data but based on the research that i was able to do it sounds like it's definitely more skewed towards 
male. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which aligns with what we kind of talked about last time on how males tend to be more curative and females more transformative in terms of their fandoms. Yeah. But I just find that weird. I can't think of very many. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is like the, the T not T divide where <laughs> we're talking about a fandom that is highly oriented around collecting things. Mm-hmm. And that falls off mm-hmm. my like cliff of understanding. Yeah. Where as soon as we enter like collecting land, I'm like, I don't understand you whatsoever. <laughs> when G mentioned, uh, you know, getting multiple figures of the same figure to uh, arrange them in certain ways, my mind immediately went back to Coke collectors and how like part of what Coke collectors enjoy about collecting Coca-Cola memorabilia is that they can arrange it around their house in certain ways and like sort of make different displays and that kind of thing and then how they display it is as much an aspect of the fandom as collecting the actual memorabilia it sounds like transformers at least the collecting aspect has something really similar to that going on i will say about the article and we'll link to it in the show notes how transformers have sex Mm -hmm. it's not lascivious in any way it's like if you're writing fanfic and i would like to know how to go about it yeah or just curious Here's how some people in the fandom have gone about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I actually don't know what the word lascivious means. It's like, it's not like, like, it's not sexual. Like, it's no. not like, hey. Oh, it's, it's more <laughs> like it's, mechanical. Like it's, it's informative. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yes. Because they're robots. <laughs> they are robots. Robots in disguise. All right. We've got one of the series down. Let's see if we can get through the other ones. <laughs> Oh, what was it? Uh, Car Robot. <laughs> One of the Japanese series. It's called Car Robot. No, wait, that's the same series. <laughs> oh, it was just the Japanese name. Oh, Robots in Disguise is Car Robots? <laughs> yes. Oh, brilliant. Oh, man. What is a more poetic name? <laughs> so I was, I was hoping there was a bit more to it than the curative aspect. Because when I did my research, I got a lot of samey kind of answers, mm-hmm. which is unusual. Usually we get a, there might be a theme that we hone in on, but there's tend to be more diversity of opinion. A lot of what I got in my research is like, oh, you know, why do I love Transformers? It's like giant robots, uh, (laughs) toys. Uh, I'm really mechanically inclined, so they're robots Mm -hmm. and that's cool. There's two opposing robot factions. You know, anything could be a robot in disguise. And I'm like, okay, so there's a theme robots, (laughs) but like seems really yeah. surface level. There was also an element of nostalgia. Yep. But like... I mean, uh, I, I was going to bring that up, but like there's, there had to be something in the first place Yeah. that made you like it before you were nostalgic for it. Yeah, there's got to be that hook. Aggressive advertising. <laughs> I mean, I remember the commercials for those little pizza bagels, but I wouldn't say I'm nostalgic <laughs> for them. <laughs> Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, yeah. pizza. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was an awful commercial. <laughs> remember commercials? Do I ever? I don't even remember ads. Yeah. Oh, man. And yet there are awards for them. Commercials, you mean. And ads, probably. Yeah. Like the weirdest and stuff. But uh, going back to Transformers a little bit. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure, why not? I can't really come up with an, I- an idea of what the hook would be, except that think back to when you were a kid. Surely giant robots had some sort of pull, right? Personally, I don't remember watching the Transformers cartoon growing up, but I do remember renting the movie featuring Dare to be Stupid on at at least one occasion from the library. So, I mean, there was definitely something there. I I guess, like, giant robots, but they're also very flashy. You know, a lot of flashing lights. There's there's the war element, for sure. Conflict is always popular. Okay, but these are really. I feel like I feel, is, I feel like we're not doing a good job of sticking up for the people who like Transformers. Okay, it's well, I, I um I I was gonna come out and say I I don't think I should. Ooh. During my research, uh, oh go ahead. Do you want do you want to do something just, a bit just, more? Just before yeah, you okay, say what you're it. going to go say, for it. if I if it's what I think you're going to say, okay, go for it. So let me say like 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 imagine when the toy Transformers came out. Mm-hmm. It's two different things, right? It's a car or a, or a jet or whatever. Mm-hmm. It turns into a robot. Yep. Compare that to stupid G.I. Joe. <laughs> eight points of articulation. <laughs> Were any of them karate chop action? Yeah. Kung fu grip. Kung fu grip. Uh, <laughs> whatever whatever the heck that is. Yeah. 
like Transformers is a supremely cool toy. Yes. Like you never got like a hidden second toy. <laughs> Unless you're talking Kinder Surprise. Nah. I was going to go there. <laughs> uh, sorry, Americans. Uh, yeah. You don't get to partake in that. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess not. I guess not. But yeah. I remember, I mean, I, I don't think I, I didn't have any Transformers, but like whenever I'd go over to my friend's house, they often did. Yeah. And play with it. And it was super cool. And then I'd get it stuck halfway through and I'd be like, I'm done playing with this now. But like <laughs> the idea of them transforming was, was like, like a really cool and different thing to uh, like for toys. Yeah. I don't know why I had this, but I had a, a Voltron toy when I was mm-hmm. younger and Voltron's I think from the seventies, eighties, eighties. Okay. Maybe they're around the same time. And mm-hmm. I remember having the four lions that combined into a thing. Into Voltron? Cool. Yeah. The tails just kind of like stuck into the leg slots. And yeah. It was not a huge amount of articulation. I had the Megazord. See, that was definitely later. Also not a lot of articulation. Also, yes. Um, all right, go ahead. T. I wasn't actually going to make a point that it was about how cool the toys are, but based on my research, I'm not sure what to think of Transformers fans. What I got from my research is, one, it's, it's a fairly small fandom. A lot of conventions are multi-fandom, for lack of a better word. But a lot of Transformers conventions are mono-fandom. And you could argue, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, there's multiple universes, but I'm not buying that. (laughs) It's still a mono-fandom. I see a highly curative fandom. I see a lot of discussion about who are or aren't true fans. I hear a fandom that is characterized by being highly divisive and not having much agreement on anything (laughs) other than, say, Peter Cullen should be the voice of Optimus Prime. Or the Michael Bay movies are bad. Uh, yeah even then there's contention yeah i read several quotes about the fans from show creators showrunners people who made the movies things like that about how rabid the fans are i think that it's a toxic kind of fandom that might be taking it too far but i am going to deliberately place that inflammatory (laughs) statement like a ticking time bomb (laughs) at the center of this discussion all right well i'm gonna look at that ticking time bomb and uh i'm gonna throw something at it always a wise idea throw something at a bomb yeah yeah you know maybe it's maybe i'll I'll throw some water at it surely that will diffuse the situation by no means did i read everything that the fans have posted on reddit a place that can be notorious for toxicity but the threads that i did look at one about why starscream is so popular two about why uh why the michael bay movies are so hated i never really got the impression from those that people were engaging in in flame wars over it or people had like bitterly divisive or bitterly separated opinions about it some people openly admitted i like the michael bay movies other people were like they're bad movies because either they're bad just bad movies plain and simple or they're more about a, lo- a boy meeting space robots rather than space robots meeting a boy <laughs> the implication being that's what the original Transformers was all about. That's what made it good, because it was more about the robots than the human drama. It just it seems like it's kind of maybe the the nature of the, the fandom to be so divisive. Because one of the things that I found out was that one of the very first fan cons for Transformers was BotCon in 1994. Which is, you know, roughly 10 years after it started. So the people who put it together were probably like the first wave, the people on the ground floor of the fandom, so to speak, who were the first to buy the toys, first to see the show, probably the first to uh, check out the movie. And they probably would have been doing that when they were, you know, somewhere between 8 and 12, maybe 5 and 12, fairly young. But by 1994, they were, at least some of them anyway, were old enough to organize a convention. And then it's not just that these people organized a convention and said, oh, that's enough. Some of them actually formed this company called 3H Enterprises, which later became 3H Productions. And this fan-made company secured the license to the name, and I guess the idea, BotCon, from 1997 to 2002, at which point it was taken over by another company altogether. But anyway, it seems like the fans were really eager to get together to create these fan conventions and to preserve them to such an extent that they would take that legal angle that it seems like not being a convention organizer myself i don't know if it's just standard practice to license the name of your convention and whatever else 
but just to take those steps, it, it sounds like the fans who started it off, the fans who maybe were the grandmasters of the trans fans community, were of a mind, were the sort of people that would take that angle. And then that sort of fed down throughout the community itself. So we get something that's really curative. We get something where there's a lot of difference of opinion and all of these elements that could make it seem like a toxic fandom. So on the one hand, I totally agree. It does seem like there's a lot of division. On the other hand, it seems like it's so divisive just because it's so curative, you know? If you're trying to organize a big mass of information, it's a lot easier to say, no, I'm right and you're wrong than it is to say, well, you know, your headcanon is your headcanon, which seems to be a little bit easier when there's fan fiction involved. Well, let me posit this then. Mm-hmm. People enjoy being Transformers fans because they like having those arguments. That's possible. That just makes me very sad. If that's what they like, that's what they like. But like, what better way to assert your identity than say this particular configuration mm-hmm. of Transformers is the best one or the correct one or or is the best because of these particular reasons or this one doesn't count because it doesn't have this thing that mine does. Like, man, oh man. I could see people really enjoying that and getting a lot of pride out of doing that. Mm-hmm. I am not such a person, yeah. but I can envision people doing that. Well, okay, so my, my comment was also prompted by a little bit of historical elements. Some of the parts that I didn't mention because there was honestly so much back and forth that I, I couldn't keep it all straight. There was a lot of the history of Transformers fandom online has been characterized by like trolling and like people taking other people's domain names. Even when you're talking about how the fandom communicates online, I'm sure there are Transformers fans across the net, but they seem to congregate a lot more in a few places than other fandoms, which tend to proliferate yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm also, there's nothing to say that arguing about a fandom isn't a, a good thing, but when you're talking about a curative kind of discussion, the arguments to me border on kind of religious mm. where it's certainly possible for people to reconcile their differences but it that is yeah. not often what happens if you say you know that the fifth doctor is the best doctor which is then <laughs> if you if you say that about in, in doctor who fandom nobody says that with the expectation that you're stating an objective truth mm-hmm. uh, or they certainly shouldn't but i, w- I was going to say this earlier because we have transformers which has a lot of as we said different uh, parts to it and parallel uh, stories and and lots of different ways for entry but lots of things that contradict each other Mm -hmm. in doctor who there's a lot of stuff that contradicts each other (laughs) but no it doesn't seem to bother anybody (laughs) it's just like oh that happened you know between this episode and this episode why not (laughs) yeah oh it could have it's alternate dimension or like it's fine whereas it seems to be more contentious in in transformers yeah. It could be that that kind of perspective, again, based on my research, is so predominant mm-hmm. that the curative aspect is so integral to the fandom that it makes it problematic. Yeah, Because in Doctor Who fandom, there's obviously people who love the curative aspect of it. They're going to try to reconcile <laughs> that stuff, whether it be through Doylist or Watsonian means. They don't care. They're going to do it. There are other people who are like, who cares? I'm going to make new stuff with new characters or old characters or whatever. I'm just going to make stuff. I'm going to make costumes. I'm going to make art. Mm -hmm. But with Transformers fandom, I get the impression that it's just so many of the people are in that curative mindset that if you are not part of that mindset, that maybe there's kind of like an isolating aspect to it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's that's changing. I honestly don't know because I felt with this fandom in particular, it's really hard to get a a kind of view of the fandom. It, in this one, it seemed more like I'm looking through a keyhole than a window. Yeah, kind of the best sense that I got for uh, for the size of the fandom, not necessarily in terms of number, but in terms of uh, geographic spread, was that on the fan lore page, they listed a bunch of the major conventions. Um, and some of them are in places that aren't the US or Canada. Uh, there were two in the UK, three in Asia, um, China slash Singapore and Japan specifically, and uh, four in Europe, spread between Germany and Northern Europe, like Holland and uh, I want to say Switzerland. So I mean, there's there's a pretty decent spread of the fandom, but it does seem like the people who are creating the fanfic, who are taking the more transformative approach to it, ironically enough, are in the minority. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe because it's not 
entirety but predominantly men like this is this is probably a good example Mm -hmm. of a fandom where we talk about it's like oh it's mostly men and maybe it's actually mostly men Mm -hmm. um and i think just the nate like without getting all feministy on it it's like men tend to be more closed and so maybe the reason that the fandom is is like that is because it reflects that Mm -hmm. and so the reason we're not seeing these really cool stories about people like being open about the fandom other than like here's some cool stuff on my desk <laughs> yeah is, is is related to that i don't know that's yeah. wild speculation that is not based on any particular research mm-hmm. i'd like to sidle over into fan of the week because it connects so readily to what we've just been talking about so again on uh, tfw 2005 the transforms this is my term not theirs <laughs> um we found what we call here at Fanthropological a jackpot thread called What Makes Us Transformers Fans Unique. Ooh. It turned out to not be a jackpot, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's the most successful franchise to be spawned from a comic book cartoon toy marketing deal. Okay, that's mm. something being a little bit a little bit cynical, I think. When it said, like, they're, like, fan veterans, which applies to some people who have been fans since the 80s but yeah now people who are who are just finding it someone said nothing mm. okay <laughs> fascinating <laughs> yeah this is this is river i'm get, getting to it but the week goes to our vector who simply says this in the pokemon fandom every person is your friend even people you don't know at all in the transformers fandom you have to fight for your life <laughs> <laughs> wow Oof. Wow. Which I, could, I couldn't stop thinking we were having that discussion. That it's seems just like... <laughs> super accurate. <laughs> and I mean, the whole series, every every universe, whatever universe you're in, the end of some of the stories might be peace at last. But like, there's never, at least, at least so far, at least up to this point, there hasn't been a Transformers series where it's just the Transformers like going through high school. Or, you know, working nine to five jobs and like meeting at cafes on the weekends and having love triangles. Uh, yet. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they've all been about war, so uh, disappointed. It's a fight for your life, right? But in Pokemon, the war is over. Ooh. That's why there aren't any adults. Not very many anyway. Alright. That does not exist as a real thing, but it does exist in fanfic. Oh, yeah. Somebody definitely thought where you were going. (laughs) And already got there. Oh, yes. Cool. Hasbro, make it so. I mean, they did it with uh, My Little Pony, right? Yeah. Look how that turned out. It wasn't exactly about war to begin with, but yeah, they definitely brought in the uh, the scope of the message. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that not the obvious thread to connect? It, 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 it. It was yes. It's just that I haven't seen any of Equestria Girls, so I know of it. I know of its existence, but I haven't seen any of it. So it wasn't the first thing to uh, jump to mind. I wasn't talking about the subtle classist war that is bubbling between the unicorns and the pegasi and the horses. Oh man! Uh, cool. Well, having nothing to do with Equestria Girls, uh, as is, <laughs> I guess, the case most of the time. Yeah. I happen to find two fans of the week. Gee, you have been looking for clever or witty Twitter twitticism. Twitticisms, sure. Twitticisms. I found a couple. Um, they're not particularly textual, but I can convey what is in the images. Mm-hmm. So the first one is from Daniel Brandt, uh, driver underscore 270 on Twitter. And the caption is, gotta give props to Peter Cullen for saying this line without laughing. And it is a picture of Optimus Prime. And he is saying, amazing, a booby trap that actually catches boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Which I presume is something that was actually said in what looks like the 1980s Transformers. Wow. I found another one from Joe Star. That is Joe, S-T-A-R-R, 187. It's a comic strip. And uh, the caption is, on the bright side of Transformers, can't recommend V1 of Transformers. M-T-M-T-E enough. I don't know what that is. That's probably one of the comics. Uh, It's the most satisfying sci-fi series I've ever read. And it's just three panels, and it's two characters that I know nothing about. And here's how it goes. It's like, you'd have activated an abstract weapon, a metabomb. A what-what? 
a metafictional bomb. It blows a hole in the fourth wall. Me no understand. Basically, it makes the enemy think their characters in someone else's narrative. Robbed of agency, they lose the will to fight. I'm still working on it. And then they're like whispering to each other. It's like, guess what? I pressed it. Nothing happened. I didn't see you press it. Yeah, it must have been pressed off panel. What does that mean? I have no idea. And then an alarm goes off. Man. So, I mean, there's some cool stuff going on there. Also, just wanted to quickly mention fan of the week that I'd forgotten about until we did the research for this episode, which is uh, Joe, I can't I can't pronounce his last name, Joe Fiducia? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, who we had a chat with at Forest City Comic Con last year. He is known for uh, Optimus is Here, which by that I mean is he made Optimus. He's got like the, the front end of the truck. It's all flame decals and all that. I think it can do the voice and everything, which we have a YouTube video of uh, on our channel, which I will link to in the show notes if you wanted to see his ridiculous truck and also hear him talk about how that came to be a thing. Mm-hmm. It bowled everyone over because he had it on the second floor. Yeah. Apparently there was some nonsense with the freight elevator, but uh, <laughs> we all enjoyed being gobsmacked as to how yeah. they possibly could have gotten like the front of a tractor trailer onto the second floor of a convention center. Yeah. The Spotlight is part of the show where we try to shine our light on a cool fan cause or something related to fandom or just something cool in fandom. This week, I happen to have something related to the fandom, and that is TFCon, which is, quote, the world's largest fan-run Transformers convention. It takes place in Toronto, Canada. I think it's been running since 2002. I'm not 100% sure. This year, it happens to be July 14th to 16th in Mississauga Meadowvale. I actually think it's in the same spot that we went to the uh, costume con. Hmm. Hmm. Not 100% sure on that. It is a fan-run convention. They get a bunch of the voice actors from the various different shows. This year, they have Alec Willows, who did Tarantulas in Beast Wars, which surprisingly, we didn't talk about at all this episode. No, that's... I don't know how that That would have been the touchstone for us, actually, because I think we all watched it when we were younger. Oh, yeah. I watched a lot of that, and we're not going to talk about it at all. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, if you happen to be in Toronto over the summer and you're not going one of the umpteen other cons, you can check out TFCon, which is tfcon.ca. Cool. Yeah. The spotlight we have from one of our longtime internet friends. Uh... She's an artist who goes by the name of Kariska, and she's doing a very cool thing. I'm on board. Yeah. Which is doing a survey of convention artists in North America. Her description is as follows. The annual convention artist survey collects anonymous data from artists and artisans in North America about various aspects of conventions, how much artists make, how much they spend, how far they travel, how good organization was, how much buying interest there is, etc. This report takes all of those numbers and spreadsheet data and turns it into something visual, something easier to analyze and understand at a glance. I just found out that she did this, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I was like, oh man, this is like exactly our jam. Yeah. This is definitely data. our jam. <laughs> <laughs> this is my jam screw all y'all yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cheese jam the survey itself is available for five dollars is it is a lot of work mm-hmm. oh that makes to sense. compile and put it into something readable and entertaining but as she says uh the raw data is available for free oh that's she got, cool she got it for free that's the opposite of what i'd expect but it makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. um and she has 2015 and 2014 uh, available for for free as well guys i know what i'm doing for the, this summer <laughs> where where can we find this where can i be looking at this um, right now <laughs> her website is kariska.com that's k-i-r-i-s-k-a.com the link to the the page itself is a bit long but we'll put it in the show notes but you can find it from kariska.com and uh if you are an artist and wish to contribute to the 2017 artist survey you're able to do that right now on the same page there's so much data <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's got the raw data adjusted. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so good. This is the cool stuff. This is the real cool stuff. I just love it because it's the intersection of the fanish part, which is very subjective, and mm-hmm. the data part, which is very objective. Ah, it's qualitative and quantitative data. That's what I was looking for. Boom. It's like all the feel-good stuff and then all the actual like metrics. So instead of being like, oh, those whatevers are a bunch of 30-somethings or 20-somethings, it's like, no, actually, they're not. <laughs> they are this yeah i mean 
that's just interesting because yeah. if you thought, for example, that I did, that Transformers fans are like 30-something people, you could be surprised mm-hmm. that they're not. You could f- find out that there's a huge variation in their ages or mm-hmm. that, as is the case with most fandoms, that what we think is predominantly men is actually predominantly women, at least in terms of participating in the fandom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you never figure any of that stuff out unless you had data. And nobody collects that data because it's hard to get. When I talked to her about it, that's literally what she said. I'm like, she's like, no one else is getting this information. So I'm going to. She's part of no organization or anything. She's just doing this because she wants to do it. So that is a super cool thing. Yeah. Sweet. Speaking of really cool things that are for good causes, I'm going to shine the spotlight on a good, really cool cause. And that cause is the race against time. The Race Against Time is the next cast, the next cast family, whatever you want to call it, our annual charity live stream where we work our way through Chrono Trigger, obtaining all of its various endings, and raise money for the Alzheimer Society of Canada. Last year, we were able to raise 1,200 Canadian, or like approximately 900 US dollars for those of you in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, we have plans to surpass that. This year, the event will be held August 12th to August 13th, starting at around 10 a.m. Eastern Time. If you want to be notified... When all of that stuff starts going down, you can go to twitch.tv slash the race against time and subscribe. That way, when everything gets started, you will just be like, hey, it's going on. You can also check out the website at raceagainsttime.io, where we will be posting updates about what's changing this year, any cool stuff related to Chrono Trigger, you know, just keeping you in the loop about a really cool cause. Yeah, the coolest cause. Oh, looks like we forgot to do in our out. Well, I was going to ask somebody who's Nazi, but that was for famous last words. So, I don't know. Gee. What? (laughs) Highly irregular. Yeah, incredibly. (laughs) I'm going to do something right now. I'll do that later. Gee, are you in or out? I am out. Transformers doesn't interest me at all. I've never seen, apart from a little bit of Beast Wars when I was young, anything Transformers, Mm -hmm. nor am I, do I want to. I don't really like playing with cars or robots, ah. so that's out. <laughs> I have not heard of any, you know, richness of plot ah. in any uh, uh, Transformers property. There's nothing pulling me, unfortunately. So yeah, I'm I'm it. All right. In an unexpected twist, I'm going to point the cannon at me <laughs> to quote. Oh, no. uh, what is that? Fortunate Son by Can CCR. C- ah, it is CCR. Okay. I vote. Not just because the canon is pointed at me. I vote because there's a lot of vibes that I'm getting from this fandom that I am not particularly enthused by. On the other hand, based on the way that the fandom is, I could apparently perfectly live as just being a fan of beasties and just say that all the other things are wrong. (laughs) That seems to be the way to go. I mean, probably not beasties. I've heard there are other series. People probably laud the G1 hold it up on a pedestal yeah i am i think more definitively than any other fandom beyond my normal you know media fandoms are really big more than any of those i am out i am so out i am outy <laughs> dang i leave z all right that uh just leaves me for the canon yeah <laughs> um well whether whether the transformers canon is or is not pointed at me i also have to say that i am out I couldn't, aside from it being like this, at the time, weird movie about fighting robots in space, could not tell you why I enjoyed the movie so much as a kid. It was flashy, it was probably really exciting, had crazy music, like Dare to be Stupid, Uh, was animated in a way that I'd probably never seen before at that point, since it was a bunch of robots, but one way or another it didn't stick. And right now I can't honestly say that I see it sticking because like the elements of the fandom that stick out womp, to me are the collecting, the curating, and either <laughs> defending or tearing down the Michael Bay movies. And <laughs> none of those things really appeal to me. I mean, if you want fighting robots, you've got <laughs> Pacific Rim, yeah. Evangelion, Godinar, yep. G Gundam, 
Any other Gundams? Vo- Voltron. Voltron. The new Voltron. the new Voltron. I, yeah. I don't like mechs at all, and I love the new Voltron. <laughs> Power Rangers. Yeah. There's options. There's options for oh, yeah. fighting robots. Oh, yeah. Even for fighting robots that transform. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. <sighs> Super fighting robots. Mega Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Actually, Mega Man, tra- I, I mean, he doesn't really transform, but I guess he kind of does. He kind adapts of, or, yeah. you know. Oh, he requips for all you fairy tale yeah. fans out there. I think that's the first unilateral out. A strikeout, as wild. you might say. A strikeout, yeah. yeah. A, t- a turkey? It's three of them. <laughs> I mean, it's three three strikes. Transformers fandom, a turkey. <laughs> you better believe I'm quoting that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're sitting there, all the way through this, and you're just like frothing with like like Transformers like saved my life or I've met all my best friends because of Transformers. It's like the the most caring, nurturing thing I've been a part of. Do let us know. Mm-hmm. com, and we'll talk about it uh, in the next episode. Like, we'd love to hear those stories. But yeah. we're just going off the research that we did. Yeah. Whether or not you agree or disagree with the opinions expressed in this episode, <laughs> if you want to help us create more amazing fanish content where we highlight different fandoms uh where we make youtube videos where we go to cons where we do all that stuff you can become a patron on patreon.com by going to patreon.com slash the next cast you can pledge a monthly amount to help us out uh, we have some goals listed there about you know what it goes towards because we want to let you know what we're using it for even as little as a dollar a month pledge really helps us out in helping to produce this amazing content and to keep it ad-free. So please do check that out, patreon.com slash the next cast. Tell your friends. And if you got to hang on to that change, then at absolutely no cost, you can go to iTunes and uh, subscribe or leave a rating and review. Any words, any rating, any any description, any of that really helps us out, lets more people know what we're doing over here mm-hmm. and uh, gets more ears on it. So, so thank you very much for doing that. Otherwise, you can interact with us at YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook all at the next cast. Yep. And if you're on Twitter and you want to engage us in conversation or just check out what people are saying or what we're saying about ourselves, oh, <laughs> you can look for that hashtag, hashtag Fanthro. That's hashtag F-A-N-T-H-R-O. All right. I think there's one important bit that we shan't forget before oh we close the episode. That's a piece that's becoming more near and dear to me every time we do it. <laughs> it's becoming my favorite part of the show. <laughs> favorite part of the show. I really liked when we would uh, make up ads for the next episode, but this <laughs> is almost as good. No, oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Maybe it's better. I'm not sure. I'm warming up to it. And that part is Famous Last Words. Famous Last Words. Sounds so good. Thank you so much for making those, G. I'm going to start with G this time. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Gee, next week we're talking about Twin Peaks fandom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have the benefit of not knowing anything about Twin Peaks. You two are screwed. Yeah. Now, Z is at a level above me, but I have seen the series and enjoyed most of it. Personally, I would love it more if people asked the most cringeworthy, ridiculous questions than like sincere ones, but whatever, man. You, you do you. Did Twin Peaks have a notable effect on coffee and donut consumption Ooh. in the United States. Canada was pretty much going whole hog already. <laughs> but uh, coffee and donuts feature prominently in that series. Boy, oh boy, I feel like I can guess won- that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just wondering, just, just people looking looking at those donuts and being like, man, I could, <laughs> I could go for one of those myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's my question. All right, I'm going to leave Z for last, not only because apparently... He's going to be the master when it comes to this topic. But also because I apparently always ask him first. Mm-hmm. So my question is, and this is sincere mostly, if Twin Peaks is the show <laughs> that wrapped up... you, I've only really heard the two of you talk about it. I haven't seen any Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. I only vaguely know about it as a reference through other things. There was an episode of Darkwing Duck that referenced Twin Peaks. <laughs> as like yeah, some true. weird supernatural town. Whatever. Twin Peaks yeah. was, in, was in the air. It yeah. was in the air. If Twin Peaks is a show that, as you guys have said, wrapped mm-hmm. up the plot but then kept going, yep. why did it get a sequel? 
If all the story was already told, if it told the story that it wanted to tell, and then kept going, why would it get a sequel? That sounds like the perfect recipe for people being done with it. They're like, why did they keep going? This classic case of this should have ended so many episodes earlier or a season earlier. Why did it get a sequel? It's a little, yeah, little dude, dude, don't don't answer it. Don't not, feed the no, I, don't I, feed the trolls, Z. I'm not I'm not I'm not answering. I'm just asking for a clarifying question. By sequel, do you mean the Showtime season? I mean the show that is going to be airing as of like mid-May. Yep. I didn't know what to call but, it because it's not exactly okay. a reboot, is it? No. Uh no. No. But it's it is in the let's say Twin Peaks 2017. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So okay. why that? Yeah. Why that? After <laughs> like. 20 or whatever 30 40 i'll see you i can him he fire hears oh yeah i forgot about simpsons simpsons also <laughs> referenced twin peaks a lot oh yeah all right those are my famous last words i'm prepared to eat crow be buried with my words all that jazz z <laughs> what uh what is your famous last words around twin peaks and what question about Twin Peaks, do you not know? I know, right? What question remains? I mean, it doesn't have to be a question. It could be a statement. All right. I will uh, ooh, combine the spirit of both of your questions into a single statement and say that David Bowie's appearance as Philip Jeffries in Fire Walk With Me significantly increased sales of his music amongst north american audiences that is a statement yes it is i'll have to defend it <laughs> it's uh that is a doozy it's it's not really subjective is it <laughs> i mean i don't no. know if there's any defending it if it's not true <laughs> <laughs> that's fine we've said lots of things that aren't true looking at you g and the twins yeah the twin peaks that's right that's <laughs> <laughs> supernatural oh, tv show about two mountains <laughs> Two, two brothers. Two br- <laughs> no, we're not going there. We're not going there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.